We are back. This is Cassandra. And this is Carrie. And we are we too, too good, good to be, be true. true. And today we're going to be going over our first ever murder case. And it's probably not something that's going to happen very often because scams don't typically end in death or murder. Sometimes they do. So we're definitely going to be probably having a few. But this is going to be our first one. And we're going to do our best to cover it respectfully and tastefully. Um, we're covering the story of Deanna Fubbard Wild. And we're not quite sure if her name's actually pronounced Deanna or Dina. We can't find anything anywhere. There's no pronunciations. This is an older case, so there isn't, you know, YouTube coverage yeah there's not too much to work there's yeah there really isn't so i'm assuming by the way it's spelled that it's deanna it might be dina but i think it's deanna so that's kind of what we're just going to go with and i'll throw out some trigger warnings just in case i know some people don't appreciate having them but you know i'd rather kind of annoy those people more than not provide it right. and upset someone so you want to be respectful Right. So for today, we're going to have a murder, obviously, and arson. And those are all going to be topics today. So before we a start, I do want to say that these kinds of scams, and cons, and fraud and things, they can happen to anybody, anywhere. It's not one specific type of person. It's not that the person is dumb or naive or stupid in any way so i just want to make sure that people know not to have those kinds of stereotypes in your mind because anybody can be affected by this deanna jalen hubbard was born in and grew up in louisville kentucky and i think you have to like kind of really round that out and make it louisville instead of like louisville i've heard that before yeah so so if if anyone listens to us and they're from there let us know i feel like that is how most people from yeah i think they say louisville so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with that so she she's born she grew up louisville kentucky she did drop out of high school so deanna didn't quite qualify for what you would call intellectually disabled she did have a lower IQ. I was, did hear that she had a lower IQ. The, I didn't realize that she dropped out of school. Yeah, it was it was on the lower side. Her IQ was between eighty five and ninety, which to actually be classified as intellectually disabled, I think you have to be like seventy to seventy five, or in some cases below. Okay, so she's not there, not quite. But low. she does have some challenges, and that. Like I said, when I was talking to you about that, there's like a, not a Lifetime movie, because I don't think Lifetime was even in existence then, but it was a made-for-TV movie, movie. about yeah. this, and it's called Justice for Annie. I know I watched it on Lifetime as a kid, and I thought back then it was a cool show, well, movie, and You're I was right. like, oh, wow, like, because I was into true crime and stuff even as a kid, mm-hmm. but watching it as an adult, I was like, this is gross, because it really played up her lower IQ. I feel like the movie kind of really played that to making like, oh, her look how like stupid this girl yeah like look how so stupid she is you know yeah, she falls for like anything ignorant. so i didn't like that also that guy and i meant to look up his name but i hate that guy actor that actor oh yeah actor, that plays the murderer's son 
He's in like all the 90s and early 2000s Lifetime movies, and I can't stand him. Didn't he play on Riverdale he too? He was on Riverdale. He's Betty's dad, Betty Cooper's dad. Can't and I can't think of his stand name. him. Anyway, so Deanna, as I said, she did have some challenges. But in 1985, she married her husband, Jay, who was in the Navy, and they moved to San Diego, which I wish I could do. But Jay was often stationed away at sea on the USS Kitty Hawk for extended periods of time, of time which left Deanna alone in a new and unfamiliar city. Right. So for whatever reason, they separated. My other beef with the movie is they really played that up, the whole separation. They really? really played it up to the point where they were speculating heavily on whether or not this Jay man was completely emotionally and verbally abusive to her and that's why they broke up i didn't get that from the things that i read Red? yeah i read that there's just some differences and so like, they split they up split up yeah like, that, that, it, that it wasn't trouble. dramatic so yeah. i wasn't a fan of that but while they were separated not quite divorced but separated she began dating another man james coates which that must have been weird too, going from James to James, because Jay's actual name was James. That's where the J came oh, from. Okay. So, I mean, I guess you don't have to worry about messing up the name. I guess not. No. So James and his mother, Virginia, actually were also originally from Louisville. So maybe there was a little sense of familiarity there. Maybe there's a little like, oh, they remind me of home, or they have similar experiences and like they're used to doing the same things as me. So. That could have led to them getting closer faster. It's so interesting because I never in any of my investigating saw any proof of her actually dating the son. Oh, wow. Like, I don't wow. even know whether that's, I mean, to be honest, I don't know whether it's truthful. Yeah. It, it, some of this stuff is so dated. You just, just said really that. Because the way it seemed, uh, we'll, we'll get to it when we get there. Yeah, so, yeah, like, there, we'll get there. Literally, like, uh, it, the way they made it portrayed in the in the stuff I was reading mm -hmm. was like they just like exaggerated. Knew, they just knew each other somehow, like they met each other in passing, and she was just kind of befriended by Virginia and her husband. And the, so I can attest and they kind of like took her. In. Yeah, and, and I can attest I don't to the know. fact that it's possible that they formed a closer relationship faster being from the same area and being transplants because I lived that life. And and, and, when I, and when I left Pennsylvania and moved to Louisiana, whenever I would meet somebody from Pennsylvania, from Pennsylvania like we would instantly click instant, because it was like, just like, yeah. oh, shit, you know, Gertrude Hogg chocolates, you know, and like, right. we would talk about Middlesworth and like just, you know, random stuff that you only find here. So... You know, that does happen, and I wonder if that might have been part like of it. Like we said, this is an older case, so we don't know. <laughs> so she she ended up moving in with James's mother, Virginia Reardon, and her husband, Billy Joe McGinnis. And he also went by either Mark or BJ. But I did see him mostly referred to as Bill, so that's what did I... Did you really? I've, in yeah. all this stuff I saw, they, call, they referred to him as BJ. I saw so a couple BJs, no Marks. It was literally Never just like, in it, he goes by Mark. And that was the only mention of it. <laughs> Never saw it again, but I did see a lot of Bill. So I'm going to go with Bill. So we're going to talk about Bill and Virginia. All right. All right. So on April 1st, 1987... 
Virginia and Bill went with Deanna to a state farm insurance agent to take out a life insurance policy worth 35000 which we're thinking is 35000 but it's 2022. This was happening in 1987. Right. So it was a bigger chunk of change then. So they go to take out this $35,000 policy. On it, they listed James, the son, as the primary beneficiary, and Virginia and Bill were listed second. Secondary, yeah. The insurance agent, when questioned, said that Virginia asked two very odd oh, questions. Gosh, yes. One, is this policy in force as soon as I sign the check? Two, does this policy cover accidental death? I don't, know. I, don't know. I don't know how that person answered those questions with a straight face and they weren't just like, hold on, ma'am, I have to go call the FBI. I now, and what date did you have as them going to do this? April 1st. Okay. Yes, that's what I have to. Okay. And the following day, the very next day, April 2nd, they decide they're going to take a scenic drive down Route 1 where they decide that they're going to pull over and enjoy the view over Seal Beach. Deanna happened to be wearing high-heeled shoes, which that is important later. So I'll just let that marinate. Deanna obviously wasn't ready for a hike here. Deanna's wearing nice shoes. She was wearing high heels. Who in the hell wears high heels on a hike? I mean, to be fair, at Ricketts Glen, I've seen some very questionable outfits. Okay, here's the thing. But those are the college kids that have come here from Philly. And they're like... If, like, okay... I know for a fact that my photographer friend, well, she's my sister's friend, but, you know, whatever. She will take people out there to get pictures. Okay, I get it if you were doing something like that, but you probably would not wear those shoes. No, I mean, I've seen it on the trail. You wear hiking shoes out, and then you change right. your shoes. and like, then you would change your shoes to I get mean, your I mean, pictures. I even did that at Concrete City, and that wasn't even a hike. It was just muddy. Right. I remember when we did the stupid photo yes. shoes, which we need to do another one. But anyway. My daughters want to go back. They just mentioned it to me. So, so we're wearing we're wearing the high heels. We're not ready for a hike. No. But Bill says, "Oh well, I was taking pictures, and so I wasn't paying attention. And when I turned around, Deanna had just disappeared. She just poof gone." Yeah, they just claimed that like they turned away, and and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, she just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Like she was just gone. And they're one second on the next. And somehow, very quietly, I you'd think somebody falling that far might scream or something. But apparently yeah, Deanna was just like, mm, whatever. I slipped. I think I would scream. So Virginia takes herself down to a local store to report what happened. They call the cops. And when they get there, Monterey County Sheriff's Rescuer Jess Mason describes Bill and Virginia's demeanor as very calm. Mm-hmm. And they told the police that Deanna had disappeared somehow silently. Now, I will pop in quickly. If someone appears calm at a crime scene, that does not immediately indicate guilt because oh. some of us have had very traumatic, awful ch- childhood. I'm- and we are literally prepped for this moment. If yeah. somebody could lose a limb next to me and I would just be like, hey, man, um, let's get you to the doctor. You might want to get that taken care of. Like, right. it's a simultaneous, like, I jump into action and I do what needs to get done. But at the same time, I'm like, you over there, get me a tourniquet. You Like, I I jump into, like, apparently I'm a character on Grey's Anatomy the second somebody gets injured. <laughs> I'm 
Like, I'm married as great. Do this. Like, Statue. Take. I mean, I broke my leg in the ocean and y'all didn't even know. I was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I ain't for So, seriously, it seems people, okay. we're not going to judge them based on that alone. I just wanted to put that I out think, because I have. But heard. I also do feel like sometimes people are just like in a state of shock. shock. They're in shock. <laughs> and shock doesn't allow you to express a lot of emotion. Yeah. But I have heard other podcasts kind of rag on victims and their families saying, that like, oh, he must have done it. He's far too calm. No. Some of us have just lived in chaos for yeah, so for long. So long that we're, you're it's just our normal. To it. You're just like, okay, another normal day. So anyway, moving away from that. I do have that she said when they were questioned that she said, oh, well, Deanna was wearing high heels and suggested that it exactly. may have caused her accident. That's why I said it's important later. Because she does say that. So um, Deanna had fallen Anywhere in a range of between four and five hundred feet. I saw both like reporting. So we're just gonna say anywhere between four and five hundred yes. feet she fell to her death. Her cause of death officially was a basal skull fracture, which yeah. is at the at the back of back her head, of your the head. base right where your spine yeah. meets. So a lot of trauma there, obviously it's gonna do some damage if not kill you. So it's and due then, to the blunt force trauma. Yeah. And but she also had multiple wounds. She did, and we get into on that the too. Back of her hands, correct. Come back with this shandy. And after her death, her mother Bobby Roberts tried to claim just twenty five hundred dollars from the insurance because she wanted to cover funeral costs. Right, and that only makes sense. She asked an attorney friend from church, Stephen Keeney. Who, by the yeah, way, let's remember it. Stephen Keeney's name because he is. A, He's a badass. He is a, he really like got to the bottom of it. <laughs> so she asked him for help in filing the paperwork. So he went to do that. And as he's doing that, he starts to notice things are a little suspicious. Suspicious with the paperwork, suspicious with a lot of things. Well, obviously they were on a hike. So, I mean, they were taking photos. Huh? So that comes into play. Guys come into play. And in in some of the things that Steve found, he he noticed that the coroner's file was still open, which is unusual. Usually yeah. they determine cause of death, death and, then they're doing and that's it. And, yeah. But it was still open. And the coroner, for whatever reason, basically saved, a stroke of of saved of luck a pile here. Of blood is that what you're going to say? Right, because they didn't they didn't <laughs> they typically didn't... do that back then. Yeah, but he took some blood and he actually kept it in a freezer for two whole years. It's crazy. He I kept can't... it in that freezer, and two years after he took it, it was sent to a forensic lab for testing. And what the report showed was that Deanna had a drug in her system that was not prescribed to her. And it wasn't something that you would usually use recreationally. It wasn't pot it's or opiates. Common it was, antidepressant. It was Elevil, which is the brand name for amitriptyline. Amy, I was like, I don't even know how to say that. It's amitriptyline. And <laughs> let me tell you, a bitch was on amitriptyline. Oh, were you? A little bit. Because antidepressants are used a lot in treating fibromyalgia. For oh, some really? reason, it suppresses some of the pain. I always respond horribly to medication because, I don't know, I, my body hates me. But I just do. Right. So, no, what? And some people do. I didn't really respond great to amitriptyline 
But there is one thing I will say about it is that when you first start it, you're very drowsy. You're out of and it. And you're very dizzy. Very drowsy, dizzy, lethargic. Yeah, exactly. Very easy to push off a cliff. For sure. So, like I said, Deanna didn't have a prescription for Elville. But guess who did? Guess who <laughs> did? Bill. Keeney also noted that Deanna's fingernails had been broken and torn off, suggesting that her fall probably wasn't as silent as Bill said. As they said, because... As I'm sorry, but falling down a hill and grasping at things to the point of breaking your fingernails off, you're making some noise. Okay, because we've been on a walk and Cassandra fell down behind me. And it was and one singular fall, and fall. I knew she you fell down. Yeah, it wasn't hard it. to figure out. It. Very audible. You Other than the fall was the oh, <laughs> Can't believe I just did that. <laughs> I've fallen several times. I'm very klutzy. Ain't gonna lie. Yeah, we, we still love you. So we're thinking that Deanna probably wasn't as graceful in dying, as they want to say she was. The girl right. didn't just go over the edge and float silently to the bottom. I saw the, the pictures, bottom. and her fingernails looked horrible. Horrible. Ooh. I cringe. I know. Like, I don't like, like that. That's, that's the one thing to like, think about that. In horror movies, first of yeah. all, I can't do excessive gore, because what the fuck is wrong with you if you want to watch that? Yeah. But anyway, I also cannot do scenes where somebody's pulling out their own tooth oh, when they have a fingernail finger snapped off. The second yeah. that happens, I'm like, what? I saw that yeah. on the one Netflix show. They did that, the new mm -hmm. fingernail thing, and mm -hmm. I couldn't handle oh. it. Gross. No. So, uh, Virginia and Bill, this is what you were talking about earlier, had also listed on this life insurance policy that Deanna and James were engaged. Yeah. But they were not engaged, engaged. at well, all. I had heard that they, it was listed they were engaged and that he they had stated that he was in jail at the time. Yeah. So, which I don't know. Here's the thing. I did see confirmation that they dated. Okay. But it wasn't anything but serious. It wasn't anything so, serious. And we'll get into that. And we'll okay. get into the other thing we said. So Deanna, she had told, her and her sister talked. You know, they were close. And Deanna told her sister that she was dating James. However, she told her she was not serious about James in this entire time. She had intended to eventually get back together with her ex and with move her back ex to Kentucky to be closer to family. Yeah. James had gone to jail. James, I don't think, played any part in this. No. Oh, for and sure. That's my, I don't think he knew anything That's about my it. third and final beef with the movie. They make it a big conspiracy thing between James and his mom. That he was, like, in on it? Yeah, that he purposely grooms girls to get them into no. relationships so that his mom well, can move them in and then do this. Which, I mean, I guess technically is a possibility because we don't but, know. But I don't But I don't so. think so. I know. I mean, with everything I've seen... It's more stuff's going to come into play yeah. later about Virginia, and that makes me think... Right. Everything that I've come across... That she is the mastermind of all ...does things. make me think that James genuinely just had feelings for Deanna and didn't really have anything to do with yeah, this. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate that his mother is a psycho. And another fun thing <laughs> is that State Farm, thankfully, actually denied paying out the policy. Oh, really? Huh? Didn't they see denied that. it. So they didn't even get the money. That's they awesome. went through all this shit. They didn't them. even get the money. They... Said that at the time of the fall, Deanna had been taking photos of the sea lions, which, I, I mean, girl, 
Wow. Me too. Yeah. And so if she was, cool. And the police at the time, based on what they were told and the circumstances, believed that this whole thing was an accident. So they took no pictures. They didn't take crime scene photos. Right. So they requested the photos from from their camera from Virginia and Bill because they said they had photos. So some things they found. Zero photos of sea lions, first of all. Right. So if that's what Deanna was doing, where were they? Exactly. And then as they're looking through the photos at first, Deanna it's really seems to be enjoying bright, herself. Bright herself, bright, lively. Mm-hmm. But about halfway Wait, through, so all of a sudden, her entire demeanor changes. Changes, yeah. She's out of it. She looks stoned. She's, she's groggy. She's groggy. She's, like, hanging on Bill. Yeah. And like, stand up. In the one photo, Bill's arm is just around her, and she's just limp in his arm. Literally like leaning, on leaning on him. There's another photo, and this is the photo, is... The last photo. Where they're supposedly supposed to be looking out over at the sea lions, but Bill has his armor on Deanna, and he's looking, looking back at, at the highway. other direction, at the road, and while she's looking out. And Deanna just looks extremely disoriented in all of this. Oh, yeah. They, the prosecutors, believe that Virginia took the photo to keep as a souvenir. Yeah, because that's how sick she is. Because they said she like, she's a re- sick, twisted bitch. They said she probably wanted to relive that moment, which is sick. Yes, the prosecutors also believe the injuries on her hands being on the backs, as Cassandra said, and not the palms, that Bill had tried to push Deanna once and failed because she wasn't quite groggy enough. Right. So they struck her in the back of the head okay. to further disorient her. I, that's when I had her. It's a possible theory. Possible theory. Another theory, and this is the one that I think happened, is that she fell and was hanging there. Yep. This is, and they hit the back of her hand. Yep. This is proposed by medical examiner yeah. Barbara Weekly with a rock or something. And she felt like Deanna had fallen after Bill pushed her, but she grabbed she grabbed hold of the, the ledge edge to hold was on, hiding there, and they either hit her or stomped on her hands, hands to get her to loosen her grip and fall. And that's why the injuries are on the outside. And that, that's to me, just sounds sick. more plausible. It does. From what you see in the photos and in the investigation. Which we don't, don't go looking for the photos if you can't handle stuff like that. We're never yeah. going to tell you, oh, you got to see this. I'm not saying go look for it. If you but... have that kind of morbid curiosity <laughs> yeah. and you want to go look, they're easily found on Google. We won't post them because, like I said, I'm not here to exploit. We're not here to sensationalize. We want to be respectful. Also, copyright laws. I think a lot of podcasters don't understand it. Think about that. Take yeah. somebody's pictures of a crime scene and post it. And just and put it no, wherever you, you want. You can't do that. Yeah. You, you can't take anyone's pictures or drawings or whatever without permission. So you're not going to see that. But if you were to find it, just Google her name and autopsy. It's going to come up. Right. Sick. I'm telling you. Honestly, yes. And finally, both Bill and Virginia were arrested in 1989. And they were held on five. In addition oh, to the other photos, I've heard, well, I had seen or read in my findings that most suspicious were, there was four photos that were on there that appeared to be either surveillance or trophy photos. One was of a cliff, of the cliff where Deanna fell, 
one to the right of the cliff, one to the left of the cliff, and one of the road behind the cliff. I did see that, but I didn't take notice. And they had said that that was suspicious because it was like they were looking to make sure. Maybe they were scoping it out, you think? Well, I think it was taken after. Oh, after the So fact. they were looking to make sure that they there was nobody there. That. that nobody could have, that no one witnessed or saw what had went down. Wow. Is what they were insinuating. I'm not right. saying that that's what they were for, but that's what they were saying. Because well, I mean, I would believe it. Because literally they were like, who, who goes to see whatever and takes these photos? Like, it was just... Just, I mean, I do. And I thought to myself, I was well, like, if that's do. suspicious, I was like, we take photos of scenery. We did it when we went yeah. on our trip. But like, they were like, it's just like, maybe back very, then it just like, wasn't as normal because they, I mean, you think about it, this was in 87. People weren't like, gotta get it for the gram, you know? So maybe yeah, back then it think, was like, you only took your photos was for what mattered. It was of like you in the scenery, yeah. not to just yeah, take photos. Yeah, because I don't remember as a them. kid ever like developing photos of scenery, to be honest with you. I don't know. They, it was always like. And this was like in the 80s. So it's like, yeah. to them, this was suspicious. They were like, to them, it seemed like they wanted to commemorate where it all went down or that they were surveilling scenery to make sure that there was no one which is both are there who could have witnessed what had happened horrible sickening honestly and so like i said they were arrested in 1989 they were held on five million dollars bond each which was the highest the state of california had ever seen by that point in time let's see which good and virginia was taken to los colinas jail in santee and they were charged with conspiracy to commit murder, insurance fraud, and theft. However, the day before the trial, Bill died at Harbor View Medical Center. Yeah, I saw. At the age of 52. Lucky for him. Now, now good riddance. I've seen this reported in different ways, and I have one that I'm more inclined to okay. than the other. I saw only one source that said Bill died of AIDS. I oh, saw. Really? I know. I saw that. multiple sources that said he died from complications from pneumonia. Right. I am just like there's so much with this story that like relates to so me right now. But like a bitch had pneumonia this year, and yeah, really that too. Yeah, that can definitely take you out. So I definitely believe that that he definitely could have died at 52 oh, for sure. from pneumonia because, because I was dragging at 35. Exactly. With it was bad, and it took me a month and a half to get better. Love. The case was brought in San Diego County because that's where the murder plot began because that's right. where they went to get the insurance and everything. So that's where it was taken. However, it was moved to the cliff that Deanna had fallen from. I yes, said it would be unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. It was, was like, so strange. And it was I the first never heard of a case where they actually went to look went at the site. To the, the site of the actual, like, happenings yeah i had never heard and that it said they spent three days there. yeah three yeah days. and that was another first for the state of california they'd never done that before and i don't remember any other case where that has happened and it was wild like seeing like the photos of like people like lined up like a jury but like they're on the cliff side on a cliff side kind of insane oh, that's yeah so that's another thing you can google and bill died but virginia he was sentenced yeah. to life in prison. Good for her. And right. Well deserved. After this trial, 
more information came to light about good old Virginia. Virginia had previously set all of her apartments and homes on fire. She, right. every place she ever every lived, place she ever lived burnt to the burnt ground. to the ground. Every place. And the thing is, she was state hopping, so... They the, never caught the on. The jurisdictions, yeah, they don't communicate that I, other. like, thought to myself, no one caught on to this? Yeah, like, even to this day that happens. Maybe not to this scale, but right. they don't communicate with each other until maybe they see something that's like, oh, my gosh, that looks really similar to my case, and they start digging into it. Right, and, and I had read that the one insurance company decided to rebuild it instead of paying the claim. I bet that pissed her off. Oh, probably. She just had a sound fire again. <laughs> so she'd also been arrested for forgery. And she didn't actually serve jail time, though. She got, like, two years of probation for that one. Good Lord. She and her first husband used to live with his parents, and then they got kicked out because she was stealing from them. Shocker. Totally just shook in by that, but not really. <laughs> and Virginia had collected a life insurance policy on her own daughter. On multiple people, yeah. actually. And for hell. Mm-hmm. And she... This is uh, this just uh, this just, part is disturbing because of the manner that this child exactly so died. just throwing it out there one more time it, child death okay disclaimer so she she collected on that policy on her own daughter Cynthia Elaine Coates the three child was old. three years old and she was found hanging in their barn in 1972. Do you know what a three year old? I'm sorry. And this is the question I'm going to This is the question I'm going to answer because I've seen it happen. Not with a child, but with an animal. Okay, that I understand. It is yeah. possible okay, so... that something that doesn't have great mobility or is really, you know, freaking out because they're caught somewhere. I've, I've had an animal get caught up on okay. something with their neck and choke to death. I get what you're saying. And it was like, very unpleasant And then find. don't do what you need to do. You do the opposite of what you need yeah, to do. Yeah, so that's how it could happen. But do I think that's what happened? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> I think this sick lady killed her own kid, which is disgusting. On another level of rotten hell. Yeah. And on September 8th, 1974, two years after little Cynthia died, her former husband, Sylvester Reardon, died under mysterious circumstances. Now, he did have cancer, but... Right. Big butt. Virginia was a nurse, and they yeah. believe she assisted in killing him way right. sooner than the cancer was going to Was going to, yeah. Then, in 1985, her house burned down. So, either Virginia is... Killing everyone and everything in her path, or she has the worst, worst luck, luck in the ever. world. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the first one. So, but the thing is, it. I'm sorry, but like all of these people had the same amount on their policy. It was exactly the same from everything that I read. It was the thirty-five thousand, which, according to forensic files, there is an episode of this on forensic files, and you can watch it. But the names are changed to protect the you know deceased but they said it's a modest claim that most companies wouldn't bother to investigate so that's why like she kept it at that range because because most people would be like eh you know it's not like it's a hundred thousand dollars or something you know right and she probably went through different companies each time oh probably 
they wouldn't all communicate. Bitch was making a career out of it. Oh, she was. So after this 1985 house fire, the authorities did actually suspect arson, but same as my case, they couldn't prove it. Right. You can suspect it all you want, but unless you've got physical evidence and you can prove it, it doesn't matter. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. You can't just say, oh, he burned my house down. You you have to be you able have to, to prove, prove it just prove like it. any other crime. Yeah. Then in 1986, because this bitch is on a roll, her mother, Mary Agnes Hoffman, died of a heart attack under, you guessed it, suspicious, suspicious circumstances. circumstances. <laughs> like, everyone around her died under suspicious Like, it's like Virginia's whole motto, motto for life is like, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Like, God damn, lady. Yeah. So she collected Honestly. insurance money from, of course, every single one of these events. And in her arson case, she received $122,225. So she maybe she had multiple policies. I don't know, because she said she kept them all 35. So I don't know. Maybe she had like six insurance companies and she was just like, ha Yeah. As many policies as possible. Who even knows? So finally, Virginia dies. And she died in prison. Again. On June 25th, 2011. At the age of seven. Four. Yep, she lived a nice long life in yeah. there, and I hope it was miserable till the I last one. I really hope it was. And we'll leave you with the fact that there wasn't evidence for other crimes. It doesn't matter how much we know these horrible people did these things, because we have to be able to, to prove, prove it, it in a court of law. Which yeah. is a big thing I have to answer a lot with what, what went down. What with happened me. with you? And yeah, exactly. Well, why isn't he in jail? How? How? You have to prove it. Yeah, you have, you to, have prove to prove it. it. So without the evidence, she never she was never charged. She never was charged for any of those other no. ones. But kudos she, to freaking Stephen. That was his name, right? Stephen Keeney, yeah. But Virginia, although she couldn't be really charged with all this stuff, is still believed to be a sociopathic serial, serial killer. killer. I, so, I had read that too. I was like, they literally like are saying that she is so she's basically she's she's more or less like i guess an undocumented serial killer it's not pretty much because they can't prove it's not something that yeah it's not something you hear about like i don't remember ever hearing this case outside of this like lifetime-ish movie right so this is completely under the radar but this is a serial killer that we had here right it's insane it's honestly insane and and i completely agree i completely believe that she was a serial killer oh i know obviously I, a serial arsonist as well obviously i agree too and obviously like she would go to any lengths because like you said before she did get in trouble for forgery before mm-hmm. and what i had seen was that when this policy for deanna was signed it was claimed that there was a witness that signed with her who was a neighbor and when they confronted this neighbor, they denied signing the policy. And then they had to point out that her name was even misspelled on the document. Yeah. The neighbor so was that like, that was like another yeah. intended victim for her. Like, so basically, like, she didn't do a very good job. She was trying to forge this and she didn't do a very good job because she misspelled the lady's name. Who now misspells their own name? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that that happens. 
I don't know. I don't think that that happens. I, you've done it. You've been practicing it since you were like five. So I think you know how to spell your name. This whole this whole thing was wild. And then they said that she did like the classic like slant your letters. Oh, that it like it looks different that than thing you learn when you are forging mom's signature in sixth yeah. grade. Right. Yeah. It's like, are you for real? <laughs> That's not gonna work. That's not gonna work. Yeah, I had no idea that she was. And I also had seen that poor Deanna was afraid of rights. Yes, I did see so that. So how did they even? Yeah, so I'm, I'm really highly doubt that she was leaning over a cliff to take pictures in her yeah. high heels when yeah. she was scared of heights. All of it seems a little... All of it seems a little sus, if you ask. And I had no idea Virginia was a serial killer until we actually started getting into this. Oh, I, yeah, I was like... I literally suggested this case because I remembered the stupid Justice for Annie movie, and I was like, you know what? We haven't done a murder yet. We've done right. other types of scams. And boy, and so, did we uncover a lot of... Yeah, I had no idea this lady it's was crazy. a serial killer, and it's insane, and it's just it's not talked about. But, I mean, like we said, Steve Keeney, I mean, badass. This man... Not only did he basically solve this case, right? He did it pro bono. Did you really? I did not see that. Yep. So we'll leave you with that. Great, also, Steve Keeney. We'll leave you with if it seems too good, too to, good be to be true, true it, it is. is. down the the midway thing and this kid has got these pants that are like white but they have like cow markings on them like the pattern and my stupid brain i just go cow pants <laughs> like out loud like loud <laughs> yes oh my god <laughs> so i'm like oh my god can we just go into the concert so we go in <laughs> And they're playing this goofy-ass song. Like, it's not a Joan Jett song. Like, they're just playing shit before we get to our seats. Like, just a filler. Just, and yeah. first of all, when we walk in, it was like this children's choir. And I was like, what is this creepy shit? What are we like, going to? What? So they switch that, and it's this other song with this, like, real high-pitched, like, nee, nee, kind of thing going on. And there's a kid in front of us, probably, like, 16, 17, whatever, and he's standing there, and he's doing this, and he's trying to, to wave somebody down, and he's on okay. his phone. And my my dumb brain kicks in again, and I'm like, I said to my mom, I said, I'm looking at this kid, and I'm like, I'm imagining the lyrics coming out of this kid's mouth. <laughs> so then me and my mom and my sister are all sitting there watching the kid and laughing our asses off because we're picturing this kid doing this thing. And then finally, the person that he's trying to wave down gets there, and it was cow pants! Oh my god! Like, I'm never wearing these pants again. <laughs> oh my god, that's great though, honestly. <laughs>